podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference plus BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for sports and not sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. We're making picks. It's what we do every Thursday. We do it with the two guys I enjoy doing it with every week. No guests this week because we got a full card and a lot to get to before we even talk about picks. But let me intro my two guests that join us every week. One, our pro picker himself, that is Daniel Alexander. What is up? Great to be here. Man, there was some fun Big 12 action. I was uh, I was able to spend the weekend in a sports book and saw guys getting their hearts ripped out, saw guys cheering like crazy. It was awesome. Happy to be here. The sports book has a feed to my living room. <laughs> <laughs> Good for some, awful for others. That other voice that you hear, he is the LGG OG himself, Chris Ross. Hey, I'm ready to go this week. Uh, I think I got a couple more games on you guys, even though I'm just, they're not even good performances. It's just not as bad as everybody else, apparently. But uh, Philip, you look like you got a haircut. You're looking very dapper over there. Thank you. Uh, podcasting is, of course, a visual medium, so you can all see my new haircut that I got today. It's very good. It takes me forever to get a haircut because every time I try and go get one, like I have to work around the kids' schedules. I can't do it before or after work. I have to find something in the middle of the day and I have to hope someone's it. It's like, I'm going to get a haircut two weeks later. I got a haircut. I don't, I don't, I'm sure overcomplicating it myself. Anyways, <laughs> we have a lot to get to before we can even talk picks, before we can even recap last week. So here's what I'm going to do. I've got a little timer. I'm going to set it. We're going to start it. Let's do it. Let's do an actual timer for 15 minutes. And it will ring when it's time to be done because that's all the time we have. We have a lot to get to. So we'll get to as much as we can. We're hitting the timer. Let's go. First thing up, playoff rankings came out. First ones of the season. TCU is number four. Yes, it's ridiculous, but I don't care. I don't. We're not, I don't, I don't want to spend a bunch of time in the playoff. It's not a shot at TCU. They should be higher. Everything says statistically from uh, from our friend, uh, John Wheeler, of course, our 10-12 stats guy, also known as Lockheed stats guy, like TCU from composite rankings, should be higher than 7th. Their strength of schedule should have them higher. The idea that, as was said, well, they they got behind in some games is just an excuse made to try and justify a non-blue bud being 7 who is undefeated. That's it. It's all it is. But you know what? It's week 1. There's a lot of football to play. For TCU to even sniff the playoff, and I don't even want to talk about it, to be honest, but for them to even sniff the playoff, they're going to have to go undefeated. There's too many games between now and the end of the season for me to sit here comfortably saying that they're going to do that. They still have Texas on the schedule. They still have a Baylor who's starting to play better on the schedule. We'll talk about playoff if it really starts to look like it's going to be a reality, but they're not in a good spot if they're going to try and get there, even going undefeated. I hate it. It's nonsense. It's garbage, but welcome to the way this is. And we're all just going to have to be deal with it like we do every year until it finally expands. Yeah, it's on one hand, it's, it's nonsense, right? On one hand, doing this early, this ranking, it doesn't matter. It's nonsense. But on the other hand, it sets the expectation. TCU has to prove themselves to get up there. And, and other teams like Kansas State, even though, I mean, they're a two-loss team. But the point is, when these come out this early, these are crafted to fit a narrative to keep, you know, Alabama's road, you know, whatever, there 
and it makes it harder for teams like TCU who have the resume. And if you look at anything unbiased should be there, but they're in a position where they have to prove themselves where other teams might be getting benefit of the doubt or the eye test. Looking at where they sit, looking where the other teams sit and what they have in front of them who are sitting the other six teams in front of them. That of course being Tennessee, Ohio state, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, and Alabama. I mean, there's a real good chance that those other teams might have one loss each. It tells you where things stand. TCU's in a rough spot. We'll talk about it more later on. We've spent too much time on it already. Okay, Daniel, I have a question for you. Obviously, betting is something that Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yermark has mentioned uh, in ways to help grow the Big 12 brand and help grow Big 12 revenue. That is something that is important. Um, it was stated in the Sports Business Journal article on Sunday that the Big 12's competitive games and the conference depth played a role in the contract that they just have, have reportedly signed. One of the reasons they got as much as they did is because the Big 12's games are so close. Um, I have heard it talked about. The, one, of, one of the things that they're being close is the lines are close. You're not seeing a lot of big lines. I mean, I'm looking at our list to, for this weekend and of current and future Big 12 teams. Set the Cincinnati Navy is not going to be here, but like TCU is a nine-point favorite over Texas Tech. Of the current Big 12 schools who will still be here, that's the biggest line. And so you would expect these lines to continue to be close in the Big 12 moving forward. So my question for you is, do betters prefer what, – what do betters prefer? Do they want big lines, short lines, uh, like – what does a better look at that, that they would prefer to bet or place money on? And, and how does that impact the Big 12 if you're going to have a conference full of games that every week are going to be close and competitive? Um, great question. I might have a little curveball answer for you, though. Um, a, you know, a, a sharper better, a more astute better will say uh, he's just looking for the value. He doesn't care if a team is minus 20 or minus 2. Right. He's he's just looking for is there a good number for me to grab on whatever side I'm grabbing? Um, so uh, in that sense, you, you know, I would say that it doesn't really matter if it's a big line or a short line. Now, in the sense of watching a game, uh, people sitting in a sports book, people, um, you know, focused on something. Hey, a game that's minus three, minus four, minus seven. That's going to be a competitive, close back and forth game. And. Uh, you know, when it's single digits in there, the game's going to bounce around the number a lot. And what I mean by, uh, you know, bounce around the number is let's look at TCU and West Virginia last week, right? Um, that was the game that just people went crazy in that sports book. TCU covers late with like 20 seconds left or, you know, I can't remember the time, but you know, the game is, I believe could be ice. They throw a 30 yard touchdown pass at the end of the game to cover a pretty close number, a tight number. And if that spread is sort of three, four, five, six in there, TCU covers that spread, you know, uh, uh, across the board with that touchdown. So on the short spreads, the touchdowns are more meaningful. People are glued to the TV. People are watching the game longer. I mean, listeners who, uh, they know what I'm talking about. You stay up late because you've got under 56 and a half and you're just, Praying some school doesn't score a garbage touchdown with 10 seconds left to bust your card. So shorter lines, more competitive, more eyes on the product, more games right around the line. So look, betting gets people to engage with the product, whether people want to admit it or not. It's true. So um, I, I like that the Big 12 just sort of came out and owned it. Like, look, people are betting on these games. They like them. I don't have any numbers on it, but I think a short line 
leans to more eyes on the product, more competitive games, more fun games. Yeah, I think if you look at it, I mean, the Big 12, there's a reason the Maction has, you know, the Mac has its reputation with Maction. It's it's just a fun conference to watch. Do you want to watch Penn State and Maryland or do you want to watch Texas Tech and Baylor? If you, you know, an outside fan with nothing in any in any game. The Big 12 is always going to be a close game and they're fun offenses to watch. They're not stale. They're not boring. Uh, there's something going on in the games typically. And I, I think that's a, a valuable product. Your mark comes in as a man who's worked in entertainment for a long time. He understands that this, at the end of the day, is entertainment and an entertainment industry. I think he's treating it as such. I think that's smart. <clears throat> uh, mentioning the TV contract, uh, according to Andrew Marchand, New York Post sports media columnist and podcast co-host with Jordan or John Orond, the Sports Business Journal, who's the one who broke the news of the Big Twelve TV contract. Uh, Marchand on that podcast uh, was clarifying some things. He had seen some details about the new contract between the Big 12 and ESPN. ESPN, he said, is subject to the pro rata clause. Uh, It would kick in if the Big 12 brought in only other P5 schools. So uh, to Memphis, USF, San Diego State, sorry, folks, uh, the Big 12 is not going to add you because it's not going to get a bump if they do, and everyone else is not going to give up money. That's what he says. Uh, Now, here's the other interesting thing. Now, this has not been made clear. I think he is still speculating to some extent because I don't think he's seen the Fox contract. This is not confirmed, but he believes that Fox may not have agreed to the pro rata, which means that if a school joins the Big 12, Fox will not apply the same amount extra to that school. The ESPN is only on the hook for 63% of the Big 12's new TV contract. So new schools would only be worth $20 million a year average to the Big 12 if they add new ones. Now, I have a hard time entirely believing the Big 12 would agree to something like that when they are looking to add schools, but until we know the details in the fine print, we don't know for sure. Again, this is one guy's opinion. He's very smart. He is very well-connected. Oran does a really good job with this stuff, so I I am at least listening to his opinion, and it is something important to consider when talking about expansion. I don't think anyone from the Pac-12 is leaving to go to the Big 12 for a variety of different reasons. Even if the Pac-12 gets a little... Anyways, I'm not going down that rabbit hole right now. But it is something to note, something to keep an eye on. Uh, the podcast they do together is very interesting. I've listened to the last couple episodes. I've had a lot to say about the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Speaking of expansion, <laughs> I'm like, hey, we, we're going to get fine. Wednesday night, like 5 o'clock, the news breaks. Gonzaga to the Big 12? Well, according to Pete Thamel of ESPN, Gonzaga's athletic director met with Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark in person in Texas last week about Gonzaga potentially joining the Big 12. Uh, Gonzaga has reportedly been exploring its conference options. Thamel says that both the Pac-12 and Big East have engaged with Gonzaga according to sources, but the extent of those conversations are uncertain. Gonzaga is looking, and the Big 12 is at least listening. That would fit with Yormark's desire to grow their Western footprint to become a more national conference and, and Gonzaga as a basketball brand, they don't have football, is a marquee brand adding Gonzaga to the Big 12, which is already a freaking bear to make through in a season, would just make the best conference in college basketball that much greater. Uh, according to Dana O'Neill, senior writer for the Athletic Industry Sources, confirms this report and says that the conversations are real but exploratory, that there is no timeline, and that other leagues have also reached out, like we said. Uh, Indications are that the Gonzaga would bring all sports over, not just hoops. Why that excites me personally is Big 12 baseball. It's a lot of fun. Gonzaga's baseball program is good. It is fun. It is one that makes the postseason. And if you're losing Oklahoma and Texas, yes, you're bringing in 
um, let's see, three of the other four play baseball. It's Houston, BYU, and I think UCF. I forget. BYU is pretty good. They're they're not bad in baseball, but you're losing two really good baseball programs. Gonzaga's got a good baseball program. That would be very much additive to the Big Twelve. So, uh, especially for men's basketball. But I mean, men's basketball, like, <laughs> come on. It's ridiculously hard now. There are no weeks off. Thank you for UCF coming to give everybody a, a nice break in their conference schedule each year. But adding Gonzaga, it may not bring enough much financially, but it ain't going to hurt. It's just going to make the Big 12 more insane and more watchable and, and have more brands that people recognize in it, and that ain't a bad thing. All right, last one because we have time. Um, obviously, we know that the Big 12's 2023 football Schedule will be coming out probably in December. A report from Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle reports that Houston will host host both TCU and Texas next year. Um, That's awesome. We knew. I, I cannot wait. Like, I cannot wait for the schedule to come out. We're going to have an entire episode devoted to just that schedule when it drops. I cannot wait for it. I need it to be here sooner rather than later. I know they're waiting for December. Um, I have heard some rumors that part of what's holding it up is the Texas-Houston and where that game will actually be played as to the home game. Uh, apparently, let's just say there might be one school who's pushing for more of a neutral site game like NRG Stadium over Houston's actual home stadium. I'll let you debate who that might be. Uh, okay. Hey, we got through all of it. Well, I'm going to go back to, I wanted you to get through your points before we, Thank you. before we got you off for we got here. Three and a half minutes. Okay. I want to go back to the, the contract because I think the timing and the length of the contract is very key at six years. It comes due before the big 10 sec renew. So I think that's key before this last time we were behind the big 12 sec and ACC. I think, I think the big 10 ends before the extension would. Does because it, it's, it's got to be close then. It's six years on top added to the end of sure. the current one, which doesn't end until 2025. Yeah. But I, I think that's key because it's putting them in a position to where they're not going to get railroaded like they did before and kind of devalued in that time frame as the SEC and the and the big and then later the Big Ten were renewing theirs. I felt like that hurt the Big 12 to be behind that curve and it made the Big 12 appear to be unstable. The other thing that's interesting is the Big 12 and ESPN made this deal early before the before the the window even opened. Uh, they both came to the table and made this deal at a time when the Pac-12 has failed to make a deal. And I think that that's key because what you're saying is you just shored up if any kind of concerns that were over instability in the conference is done. That's cemented. And now you have a conference that doesn't have a TV contract locked down. And they're going to open market. They couldn't make a deal with ESPN and Fox. We'll see what happens. I think that I think that's kind of key. If you, if I don't remember the name of the podcast that um, Oran and uh, Marchand host, I think that's their names. Um, I go listen. They have some interesting stuff on the Pac-12. The belief is that they'll end up with a deal of ESPN and a digital a streaming platform for the Pac-12 network. There's a chance the Pac-12 per school ends up with more money than the Big 12 schools have. Not a significant amount more, but a little bit more because of a a streaming package. Mm-hmm. I will take slightly less money and the opportunity to grow the brands on ABC, Fox, ESPN, and 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 put your games and all of your product and make it more easily accessible for people mm-hmm. than to have it hidden away on Amazon 
and have a big chunk of it there. The the Pac 12's biggest problem for the last decade has been the inaccessibility of the Pac 12 network. Make continuing to make it inaccessible just to make a few extra bucks, mm-hmm. I think is 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 short sighted. And I think yes, things are going to go in a streaming way. But again, we've had one example of this. It's the ESPN's or it's the NFL games on Thursday night on mm-hmm. on Amazon, and their numbers have dropped every week since week one. Now, part of that is the games have been terrible, but that's not stopped network TV games from still being well viewed. So it is very much something to keep an eye on. I think focusing on building your brand and making it the the games accessible was the smart move and the right move by your mark based off what it is he's wanting to do, which is mm-hmm. build the Big 12's brand. I think yeah. that's the most important thing. Accessibility was key in doing that and saying, even if we take a little bit less than what the Pac-12 does, I would rather be in a situation to make sure that everyone still can see our games and not be in a spot like the Pac-12 where no one sees half of them and still won't if what they are planning is what happens. Hey, guys, we did it under 15 minutes. No, it stopped. All right, we're done. Perfect. Um... After all that talking, I need to like take five seconds. So uh, we'll be right back. I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott Holm podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to the Cougs. And every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well. If all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing if not big dorks. So thank you and go Cougs. For the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, JN, Fiend Phoenix, and me, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. All right, let's recap last week. Let's do it. Uh, we had a guest, Keegan. Congrats to Keegan. He was last week's big winner, six and two last week. Uh, apparently, we helped him out. He'd been he'd been a couple of losing weeks back to back. Hops on the show, has a nice one. Uh, Keegan, if you're listening, uh, you know where my ad- or my address is. You're welcome to just send me a check, and I'll split it amongst us for your earnings. Uh, a kid. As far as the three of us go, Chris was last week's big winner at four and four, going five hundred. Ooh, hit hit. On ECU, plus three. Hit on the over 61 in Houston, USF. Hit on UCF, minus one versus Cincinnati. And hit on UConn, plus seven and a half versus Boston College. UConn won that one outright. Four and four brings your total to 39, 43, and one, sir. Yeah, and uh, we don't need to talk about the TCU West Virginia game. Otherwise, I would have had a legitimately a winning weekend. 
Oh, I, uh, I forgot to say which ones you missed. That's right. Thank you for bringing that up. Missed on West Virginia plus seven and a half against TCU. Missed on Oklahoma State plus one and a half versus Kansas State. Missed on Iowa State plus one versus Oklahoma. And missed on Texas Tech minus two and a half versus Baylor. Yeah, no, the, the TCU was a pretty bad beat. That was the uh, second most miserable thing that happened last weekend. Oh, that was a straight up bad beat. Straight yeah. up. Oh, I mean, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. I believe Scott Van Pelt had it as one of his bad beats of the week. Uh, I believe that was that made the list. Um, Daniel and myself both went three and five, although in different ways. Daniel hit on USF plus 17 and a half versus Houston, hit on Kansas State minus one and a half versus Oklahoma State, and hit on the under 55 and a half in South Alabama versus Arkansas State. Missed on BYU minus three against East Carolina. Missed on West Virginia plus seven and a half. Bad beat for you versus TCU. Missed on the over 55 and a half in UCF Cincinnati. Missed on the over 56 in Oklahoma, Iowa State. And missed on the over 62 and a half in Texas Tech, Baylor. A lot of unders hit in the Big 12 last week. Very uncharacteristic of the Big 12 from what we have seen from it so far this season. Yeah, man. That Kansas or Kansas State had that cover. I think that game went under too, but that was crazy. All those, all those games that had it over, it's like, man, those offenses are rocking and rolling. Defenses aren't playing well. Like we said, a lot of those guys listened to the show. They heard what I had this week, and the coaches made sure to just dial it in and make sure I'd have another losing week. So I can't blame myself. It's not my fault. It's coach's fault. And look, and we got stung by the West Virginia bad beat. So that one shouldn't count either. So, you know. <laughs> uh, I went three and five. Hit on ECU plus three versus BYU. Hit on TCU minus seven and a half versus West Virginia. That, that was a good beat for me. And hit on under 56 and a half in Kansas State. I was starting to worry Kansas State might actually hit that on their own. I missed on the under 61 in Houston USF. As soon as we stopped recording, I knew I had made a mistake on that one, and I should have taken the over. I knew it. I was like, I was so wrong on my read on that game and on USF's offense. Bad, bad call by me wholeheartedly missed on Cincinnati plus one versus UCF missed on Iowa state plus one versus Oklahoma missed on the over 62 and a half in Texas tech Baylor and missed on Western Kentucky minus 10 versus North Texas North Texas won that game. I continue to have a terrible string of non big 12 games. Let's see if I can keep it rolling. One side note, boys, we all missed on the under in our prize picks pick this week. Deuce Vaughn went way over the 115 and a half receiving and rushing yards. It's our first it's the first time the under hasn't hit in a in a while. In a while. Just the second time all season. God, he ate, man. Gundy let him just go off. I mean, that man. was He let I wish he let that whole Kansas State team go off. So it wasn't just him. Everyone enjoyed a good day that way. Um all right. Let's move on to the next week. We got a whole card. We got a lot to get to. You guys ready to roll? Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Ready. All right. We will kick things off with big noon Saturday. 11 a.m. on Fox, F-O-X Fox, uh, TCU versus Texas Tech. TCU currently about a nine-point favorite versus the Red Raiders. Over under at 60. Oh, this is, I can see 69 and a half. I see 69. Nice, nice. All right, let's see. Chris is our big winner from last week. You are first up, sir. What would you like? Yeah, I'm going to give these fairly – Short this week. I, I felt like my week on the uh, the, the hateful eight uh, of the core Big Twelve was kind of off last week. So I'm I'm riding with the Horn Frogs. I think they're rolling. I think they have everything out front. Now I said last week that that was a game that seems like the Big Twelve could cost them on the road at West Virginia, but they handled it. Uh, not a problem. 
On the, on the other side, Texas Tech really struggled against Baylor. Man, I I see this more as at least a 10-point game, if not a 14-point game. I'm, I'm going to go with TCU. All right, you will take TCU to see some minus nine, so that's what we will give you. Uh, Daniel, what would you like, sir? I think the price of TCU might be getting too high. I think people are still high on that cover from last week. And then, I don't know if you remember, uh, a month or so ago, people were asking about just dogs winning straight up in the morning, right? Do you remember that? We had that little thing on Twitter going, and I looked it up, uh, you know, sort of, you know, manageable dogs uh, for the morning kickoffs. And I've been running that, uh, I've been running it this year and tracking it. Uh, those manageable dogs, I think, what did I say, three to 13 and a half? Uh, I think that's right. they're, four, they're 14 and 15 straight up this year so it's like they're winning games they're covering them texas tech falls right into that that manageable uh you know more noon game morning game first kickoff whatever you want to call it oh i'm running the spread zero to 13 and a half that's it visitors on that morning block of games they are crushing the spread they're winning games straight up let's just roll with it i've got no real money on this game let's take texas tech they're going to cover this thing and because and because there's all the talk of TCU number seven, of course, it's the week they go loose. So let's go. Texas Tech, give it to me. Tech plus nine and a half. I got it. Take it. Uh, look, I think one of the things that has given Tech their kind of like bad beats and why sometimes that they are more competitive than the final score indicates is Tech loves to go for it on fourth down, and that can cost them, but they're typically pretty good at it. Tech, other problem is Tech's turnover margin. They are minus seven on the season. They have turned the ball over 18 times. That's tied with three other teams for the second most turnovers in the FBS this season. TCU's turnover margin, plus six. Not that they force a lot of turnovers, but Tech throws a lot of interceptions because they go through you know uh, musical chairs at quarterback. We talked about this on Monday. Uh, we don't know who's going to start on Saturday. Could be, could be Baron Morton. Could be maybe Tyler Shuck is the guy. Some of the decision-making that is done with the quarterback position at Texas Tech is very confusing. Uh, it seems a little erratic. like They're just trying to figure out who's going to be most effective. I don't know if they have another multi-turnover game this week, but I do think they will look better on offense. They'll put up some more points. TCU gives up points in the first half a lot. They won't give up as many in the second. And Tech's defense is fine. TCU should be able to put up some points, even in an early morning game. So with all that said, I do see some 69s. I know the overs weren't great last week. I will take the over 69. I think TCU can put up quite a few points. I, I think if TCU can put up a, a something in the 40s, and I think they can against Texas Tech, as good as that offense is, as much as it's humming, uh, TCU's run defense continues to be kind of eh. And I think TCU, or Texas Tech's run defense kind of eh. And TCU's running the ball well. I think both teams can put up some points. Texas Tech first half, especially TCU for the whole game. So I will take the over sixty nine in this one. Nice. nice. There you go. That's that's my boys. Uh, all right, moving on down the list, we've got a matchup that you know it in the past few years has been a big one in this conference. Now it may not seem like as big of a matchup this year, but I would argue these are two teams sitting in a spot playing in this game for momentum, to try and end this year well. That is Baylor facing off with Oklahoma in Norman. OU a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Baylor Bears. The over-under in this one 
is at 61. Daniel, what would you like? Oklahoma, you know, the, I think everyone expected it, but they're just a different team with Dylan Gabriel, right? That offense is just much better, much more efficient. And I'm surprised that get that. I'm surprised that Iowa state didn't score more points because they moved the ball all over the place. They had just had so much stuff uh, sputter out in the red zone and they just didn't get, they didn't make the points happen. So it's like, okay, Baylor is a much more competent offense. Baylor is D is not their strength this year. Baylor scored like almost 40 points a game. I think something like that this season, 36 points, 37 points a game. They're going to be able to move the ball against Oklahoma. Oklahoma is going to be able to move the ball with Dylan uh, against Baylor. This feels a touch too low. Um, some group, somebody hit it today. This thing was sitting at like 58 and a half or 59 just a couple hours ago. Um, it's now up to one. I still don't mind that. This feels like both teams are going to get into that low 30s um, or like a 38-28 type situation, you know, 35-31, something like that. So uh, I'm taking the over on this game. Both offenses are going to hum. It's going to cash. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It, it was really, really interesting when it was 58 and a half. Now, part of that was, I think, due to the weather. Um, the forecast has kind of cleared up. It should be nice and sunny. On Saturday, but there is expected to be rain in Norman probably Thursday, Friday, and OU plays on a, on grass, and so you are going to still probably have some slop out there on the field. I do think that's probably affecting this total. And once the weather clear, I think once the forecast change, I think that's a big part of why someone bet this up as high as they did. Um, I think I'm with you. I, I lean. I'm I'm not going to buy into OU's defense based off how they played against Iowa State. Iowa State turned the ball over, I think, three or four times again against Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's offense did a pretty good job against a solid uh, Iowa State. Again, the best defense in the Big 12. Um, Baylor is playing better. They are figuring things out. Blake Shapin is playing far better than he was at the beginning of the season. I think the defense is starting to improve. I, again, I think this is two teams who are trying to build some momentum toward the end of the year and pull off some wins. Cause again, Baylor's not out of it in the big 12 title game race. They're not, they still have Texas TCU and Kansas state all in front of them, which gives them an opportunity to play their way back to Arlington for a, for a, uh, a second straight year. Um, but I, I have a hard time figuring out with that three and a half, what the right side is. I think I would lean Baylor. Uh, I can see this being a field goal game. I'm going to go right with you, Daniel. I'm going to take the over 61 on this one. I too think even sloppy. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to suddenly start trusting Oklahoma's defense. I think both sides will put up some points in this one. So Chris. Yeah, I think you hit on it a little bit. Baylor is getting to where they are improving and, and they're looking a little bit more like the team that we expected. Don't forget Baylor was the preseason favorite. And I think, you know, the way the season started, everybody just kind of abandoned Baylor. But the last couple of weeks, they've they've started getting it going. Oklahoma in the same boat. If you're casually paying attention to the Sooners, you know they had a rough start. But they've rattled off a couple of wins against Kansas and Iowa State. And now you think, oh, well, the Sooners are, are going to roll. This is in Norman. But I, I think, oh, you might still be a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I think their wins aren't super impressive when you when you look at what they were. Uh, Kansas without their quarterback. Um, Iowa State, as Daniel mentioned, you know, didn't have a problem moving the ball. It was just, you know, finishing, finishing off and getting points was their problem. 
Baylor's probably not going to have that problem. I'm surprised OU is favored by three and a half here. Um, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take Baylor to to probably get the win in Norman. Baylor plus three and a half. I, like I will it. give it to you, sir. Yeah, I I like that side of it. I haven't still haven't seen enough from Oklahoma to to fully buy in yet, but I think that's I think it's a good side. All right. Talking about future Big 12 members coming off of a massive win last week, ending a bunch of big streaks for Cincinnati UCF riding high. They are now going on the road to face off against the Memphis Tigers. And if I can get this to load, I will tell you what the lines are. Just give me a second. It's so nice when things work. I got you. Three and a half and 59. What's the, what's the point of the control F feature if it's not going to take me to the thing that I'm looking for when I type it? It's like, well, there's one in there. I'm like, cool. Take me to it. That's why I use you. Okay. Well, what Daniel just said, that's what we'll... Oh, it's because it's not UCF. It's Central Florida because this side is weird. V said. Yeah. Three and a half over under 58 and a half. It's me. Um, UCF coming off a big win. Memphis is... I just I think back to that Memphis Houston game, and I don't think Memphis is bad. I think this is a, a pretty pretty spicy team. Uh, do I trust UCF coming off of a win like that, going on the road to a not bad Memphis squad, and getting a win? Like I'm not saying they can't win, but beating Cincinnati that was by far UCF's best win of the season with Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati was the right side in that one. UCF got up for it. That was a big game for them. This feels like a huge, huge letdown spot for UCF here. And and one of the reasons I also feel that way is because of who they play next week. They got Memphis on the road. You just came off a huge game against Cincinnati. And then next week, you got to go to Tulane, the other team that's in contention for the AAC title game. This feels like a letdown spot for UCF. So I'm going to take Memphis plus three and a half against the Golden Knights. I'm sorry, the Knights. It gets very confusing. I'm sorry. UCF, I will get the hang of it. I know not to call you Central Florida. I know it's UCF. It's not Central Florida. Uh, I think it's just Knights. It's not Golden Knights anymore. Can I just call you the Citronauts, please? Like, I would much rather just call you the Citronauts. It's the coolest, like, needs to be a regular thing. I know space, big deal. I'll call you the the Space Knights would be cool. You guys, that would be good. Forget Golden. Just call you the Space Knights and Citronauts. All right, Memphis plus three and a half. Chris? Yeah, I, this one, this one is surprisingly kind of, yeah, this is a tough line. I don't like this game at all. Mostly for what you mentioned, kind of a sandwich game. UCF has kind of already been hit and miss. Uh, Memphis coming off three straight losses, but the last one to Tulane, who for Kansas State's actually not looking like a tough loss for them either. But um, yeah, I. Whew. I really don't know. I was looking at the total, same what I like there. The total is 58 and a half, kind of right there where I'd expect it to be. Vegas is pretty good at what they do, apparently. So let's, uh, oof. I'm going to ride with, oh, I'm not, because I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> do you like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is just live me speaking while I'm thinking. Okay. So let's do shoot. Let's just go under under 50. <laughs> all that, that is not where himself. I thought that was going with all the different <laughs> ways. And I, there, at a certain point, I thought he was gonna be like, you know what? I'm just going to pass. I'm going to pass today. 
Uh, yes, yeah, Memphis has, that under. has lost three straight, but remember that first game of the losing streak was the absolutely wild, insane, what is happening, Houston comeback. The week after that was a lot, four overtime loss to East Carolina on the road, and then a road loss to Tulane, who's pretty, uh, pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. Yeah. Although I think Tulane had that one pretty much put away before Memphis scored some points in the second half. All right, uh, Daniel, what would you like here, sir? Uh, I, I got real money on the under when it was at 60 and a half. And um, I still, I, it hasn't moved enough. You know, I, I'm not that jerk recommending a bad line now. Uh, 58 and a half, I still like it. I'm going to roll with that under here. Uh, I think it's going to get down to like 57 before kick. UCF is in a tough spot here. This line like opened six and people just bet Memphis as much as they could sitting at three and a half. Philip, I think you, you picked the right side there. This game's probably going to go off at three and we'll see. This just feels like a spot where Memphis might win this game. So, uh, but give me that under 58 and a half. I'm rolling with you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I'm smart like that. So should I take <laughs> the over just so that I can, I can lock up a win for me here. Should I change my, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? The Citronauts for UCF. The logo is so cool. You can have it on a vintage UCF t-shirt or a vintage UC- retro Citronaut hoodie from Homefield Apparel. Uh, I've still got to get some more gear from the incoming schools. I'm not kidding. The vintage UCF Citronaut tee. If you haven't seen the Citronaut logo, like if, if you had a logo like that, why would you use a knight when you have an orange alien that looks like the guy who would time travel in the Flintstones. Like, come on. This thing is so cool. And the shirt is awesome. And the logo is on two different UCF items. It's two of the cool things in the UCF collection. The UCF, of course, one of every Big 12 current and future who is available at Homefield Apparel. Man, this stuff's so good. Like, the UCF line's good. It's not the best line, but it's good. And it's got the Citronaut, and that's all that really matters. Of course, they put out the new OSU shirt, the new UCF hoodie. And again, every current and future Big 12 school is available at Homefield Apparel with some incredible, incredible stuff. They are all incredibly comfortable. I am actually rocking my uh, Everyman a Wildcat shirt tonight because it's very, very comfortable. Uh, I look good in purple. Who to thunk it? And uh, it looks good. This is a nice shirt. I like this shirt a lot. Um, Part of me is like, can I get a TCU Kansas State in the Big 12 title game just so I can like go back and forth between this and my horn frog wearing a pimp coat waving a pennant shirt because those are currently outside of OSU, like my two favorite home field shirts. They're so comfortable and they look awesome. So you can be as comfortable and as awesome as I am. Uh, all you got to do is fill up your basket, your cart at home field apparel. Use the promo code NETWORK12 and get 15% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel this college football. And basketball season, which literally starts like next week. I know intramural or, or, or exhibitions, intramurals, <laughs> exhibitions are going on this week. November 7th, November 7th, games kick off, tip off, kick off, tip. I'm going to, I'm going to get around to the nomenclature the right way. Uh, don't forget. We have a basketball show again, Midwest Madness podcast. We have a new host, Robbie Triano already killing it. Go check it out. Don't forget to use network 12 for your 15% off at Homefield. All right, moving on down the line. Let's talk about another future Big 12 team. This one coming off of a loss. That'd be the team that lost to UCF. Cincinnati Bearcats at home, 19 and a half point favorites against Navy over under at 46 and a half. Chris, you are first up. What would you like? Well, before I 
before I make my pick, you uh, you piqued my interest, and I was checking out the home field website, and that Centronaut is is pretty cool. It's like the a, a Jetsons, I think, is what you're looking for there. No, no, uh, he was uh, he was who oh, was the little alien on on the Flintstones? Hold on, go ahead, continue talking. But uh, yeah, they also have like this Nine Tails Pokemon thing going on. Uh, UCF has some pretty cool stuff out there. So anyway, to Cincinnati. There's the great the great Gazoo. The great Gazoo is that the Pokemon? Yes. Oh my lord! No, 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 no! It was the little alien guy on the Flintstones. Oh, by, gotcha, uh, Harvey gotcha, Harvey Corman. Gotcha. I see what you're talking about. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. All right, it's been a long time since I watched those shows. A couple of years. All right, so Navy has Cincinnati. Cincinnati heavy favorite, nineteen and a half. Basically, three. Basically, got to win by three scores. Ooh, that over under. What in the world? I mean, they fall down. They get the over. Sorry, so over over under is 46 and a half. Cincinnati might be able to do that by themselves. Man. Okay, so Cincinnati, a three-score favorite with the over under at 46 and a half. I have to take the over. I, I think that's the smarter play. If you think Cincinnati has a chance of covering, if Navy scores at all, uh, yeah, I, I think I have to go over. That total seems very low. All right, Daniel? Another game where I had some real money down. I got 20 and a half on Navy. This thing's down now to, are we going with 19 and a half official? 19? What are we going with here? I see 19 and a half the most. Okay. I see some no. ni- I'll see some 19s. This just feels like, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think Cincinnati's going to probably win this game. Um, but this, you know, it feels like a little bit of a get right, but no need to come out. Uh, a blowout Navy. Navy's going to be able to have five, six minute drives, sort of hang in there a little bit. With a total this low, it's like, can Navy score 13 points, 14 points? I think they probably can. Uh, you know, one touchdown, two or three field goals. They're going to stay within the number here. This is just one of those where the total's too low uh, for a dog that big, and especially when it's a running team like Navy. So give me that 19 and a half. Uh, Navy plus 19 and a half. Yeah, look. Uh, Cincinnati's offense has kind of been their issue this year. Uh, and you're going up against a triple option team that when you don't play them regularly, even with Navy, like you just don't play them very often, but it's still a tough team to handle. Cincinnati's two, five and one against the spread this year. This is a big line for them. Like I'm fine taking Cincinnati in game. I think they'll win when it's a small line, like a one or a three that, though that hasn't always worked out even this year. 19 feels like too much. 19 and a half feels like way too much. Um, I think the under might be the better option here, Chris, but I, I am riding with Daniel. I am taking Navy plus 19 and a half. I, T- Cincinnati's going to win this, but the, I, I, 19 and a half feels like a lot. I, 17 feels better, and that's still a two and a half point cushion. So I, I will agree with you, Daniel. I'll take Navy. Yeah, I think we're all reading the game the same way. It's just where do you want to put your bet? Where do you want to win? Yeah. Hey, we could all we can all be winners, isn't it? Yeah, nice? let's cash it. Wouldn't that be good? Uh all right, let's move on down. It's time for our game of the week, brought to you by Prize Picks. And you're gonna go, What? And yeah, this is our game of the week because it is the battle for the bottom of the Big Twelve. Iowa State versus West Virginia. I did. I went there. It, it's two teams who want to avoid the basement. Of course, Iowa State has not yet won a Big 12 game. West Virginia has their win over Baylor 
This game, Iowa State at home, it aims a seven-point favorite over under at 50. Daniel, what would you like, sir? I'll admit when I saw this was uh, the game of the week, I was like, really? (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, So this is another thing, a little bit of like the same game scripts as we just saw the other game. This is a low total, and it's like a conference road dog that you're going to give a full touchdown to. Uh, you know, and we're projecting this game to have, you know, 49, 50 points. It just seems like a little too much. Like Iowa State's really going to come out and beat another member of the Big 12 by, you know, we'll say close to double digits. It's just C. Like, I don't know. West Virginia's bad, but they're not that bad. I can get a, I can get a live seven here on the Mountaineers. I love those mountain people. Let's give it. Let's go. Come on, plus seven. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad pick. Like, I, Seems like Iowa what? State, to quote yeah. our good friend Jamie Steyer Johnson, Iowa State continues to find and create and invent new ways to lose games. Uh, their special teams remain awful. Uh, despite giving up a fake field goal uh, for a touchdown, their special teams and FEI rating actually moved from 115 to 114. So I guess that's a positive when you're looking for one. Like West Virginia's defense isn't very good, but neither was Oklahoma's, and Iowa State still couldn't do much against it. West Virginia's offense is pretty good. Iowa State's defense is great. But here's my problem. West Virginia, C.J. Donaldson, their leading rusher, out for the season. Tony Mathis is TBD. Justin Johnson is hopeful. They are down to redshirt freshman and essentially four-stringer Jalen Anderson at running back for West Virginia. Can they run the ball? Will they be able to run the ball? And Iowa State's got a good rushing defense. Is, is West Virginia going to be able to run the ball? Or are they going to have to throw over and over and over again? This, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm taking the under in this game because I think it's very much in play that you have a bunch of turnovers that don't lead to points, that just lead to occasional field goals and missed field goals. I think the under is legitimately in play here. Daniel, I see two fifty and a half. Can I have those, or am I going with fifty? Yeah, we'll give it to you. All right, I'm taking the I'll under fifty the and a half. Yeah, I, Iowa State. I'm gonna go check it because now in my head, I'm like, what is the over under record for Iowa State this season? Let's go take a gander. The over is two and six for Iowa State. I thought as much. Uh, I'm taking the under. That that feels like the right side, Chris. Yeah, I can't believe Daniel didn't go with his favorite team in the Big 12, the Iowa State Cyclones and his favorite coach, Matt Campbell. Uh, not when he thought was a, fa- a favorite that big? No way. <laughs> Never, dude. You know what, though? That's why I'm going to take it. I actually, so EFI, everything likes Iowa State. And the only reason I want to take Iowa State is they don't have a Big 12 win, and it's tough to ignore, but they're going against West Virginia, who is, like Philip said, beat up. They're missing some key players. They're on the road. They're coming off some tough losses. This might be where Iowa State gets their win. And it doesn't really change much for them for the season other than hopefully not be last. I'm going to take Iowa State. Uh, I think they win this by... Maybe a touchdown. I mean, I'm just, I'm going to go with Iowa State. It's, <laughs> I, I don't like the line. I think the, why is the line seven? That's the other thing that's kind of weird. Why is the line seven, right? That's suspicious. Give me Iowa State. Vegas knows something. All right. 
Iowa State minus seven. Now, this is our game of the week brought to you with prize picks. Now, here's the deal. I picked this game because I focus on the game more than I do ensuring there is a prize pick uh, over-under available for this game. There is not one. Shocking. I know. Two teams below 500 don't have an option in prize picks. But we did receive rushing and receiving yards last week for Deuce and hit the over. Let's go back to rushing and receiving yards this week. But let's do Bijan against Kansas State. Over under 145 and a half rushing and receiving yards for Bijan Robinson this weekend. Boys, should I just go ahead and line up some U's for everybody? Is that we we stick with what we've yeah, is that what mostly been working? Week? The O is over. It was over. Oh, we lost. Okay. Well, this just means we're due for a win. Give me the under. All right. We're due. We're due due for a win. I mean, Uh, the the, the over is not going to get a streak going. Come on. You never know. I'm with Uh, you. Under. Under all the way, baby. Come on. All right. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to, we've had too much luck with the under here. And since these don't count for anything other than just for fun, I'll take the over. I'm going to see if Bijan can go for more than 145 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Just because, why not? It's nice to be different. You know, it's it's nice to. And we'll figure out when this is all over what our record is at the end of the season. Maybe we'll maybe we'll give someone a little, a little deposit money. You can play these fantastic over-unders on prize picks yourself. They've got a bunch available if you're just wanting to focus on Big 12 teams. So they got a ton for college football, period. But if you just want to focus on Big 12, like we said, there's Bijan. They have one for rushing receiving for Deuce Vaughn this week. They've got number of receptions, Xavier Worthy, four and a half. Uh, I didn't see a quarterback one. Let's see. Let's go to rushing yards. Do they have one for just running backs this week? I bet they do in the Big 12. Yep, there's Bijan. There's Deuce. they got a lot of options. Maybe you want to talk about Will Shipley. For Cleveland, Dorian Ro- Thompson Robinson for UCLA. You think you can beat the numbers? Go check it out. Go and download Prize Picks. Go download the app. Use the promo code Network12 when you do, and you will be given the opportunity for a 100% deposit match up to $100. That means if you deposit $1, you get a dollar. If you deposit $100, you get $100 to play with, and everything in between. And winning payouts. Let's just put it this way: are are up to like 10, 10 times what you what you wager for one. For two, it's really easy when you say, you know what, I got it right. I won this week. I want my money. It's easy. You're gonna get it. You're not gonna spend two weeks trying to fight to get your money out, which I know can be an issue on a lot of apps. So, go download Prize Picks. It's a ton of fun. It's you versus the numbers. Had a lot of good response for this stuff. I think it's super neat. I enjoy having them as a sponsor here on the show. So go check it out, download, use the promo code NETWORK12, get that 100% pri- uh, deposit match up to $100. You know, if they if you if you talk to Prize for some reason, tell them 1012 sent you. Tell them someone from the network sent you. We appreciate it. Go check it out. All right. Back to our picks. Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Coming off. Literally the worst loss of the Gundy area, the worst loss for a top 10 team since like 1964. <sighs> they are on the road at the Kansas Jayhawks, and they are a one and a half point favorite. Yes, you heard that right. Coming off a 49 to nothing loss, Oklahoma State is a one and a half point favorite on the road at Kansas. Over under about 65, 65 and a half. I am up first. Um, let me just put it this way. I already have real money on Kansas straight up to win this game. 
I have money on Kansas on the money line. So if I'm going to put real money on KU to win, I'm going to pick KU plus one and a half in this game. Here's the thing. We don't know if Jalen Daniels is back, but speculation for weeks was was that he would be back for this game. For Oklahoma State, we don't know if Spencer Sanders is going to play or not. But Gundy is actually finally talking about how beat up he actually is. Lots of things played into last week's performance. A a poor decision in regards to how the team was going to practice last week played into it. This team being Oklahoma State being beat up played into it. Having that idle week all the way back in week four has played into it. Also the problem for Oklahoma State and Spencer Sanders, your rushing game has not been effective all year. That showed against Kansas State more than it had all season. A lot. And the passing game definitely wasn't there because Spencer Sanders isn't practicing. Shout out to Dustin Ragusa of the Feels Like 45 podcast. That's our OSU podcast here at the 1012 Network. And they are killing it. I'm not. Like, their numbers keep growing and growing and growing. They have done incredible work. And they should be because they do a fantastic job. Kate and Dustin are absolutely killing with that show. If you're an OSU fan or you just want to listen to an OSU podcast, go and check it out. They do a great, great job there. But he made a great point, and it's Spencer Sanders has not been practicing, not really, for the last, like, three weeks, ever since the Texas Tech game, and he hurt his shoulder. OSU is down Braden Johnson. They're down Jane Bray. Two of their starting wide receivers are out. Their wide receivers are banged up. They're having a lot of young guys. Uh, Boogie, who's a true freshman, has been out there. You get the Green Twins, who've been out there. Like, Spencer's not practicing with these young, like, true freshman receivers. So, of course, they're they're hit and miss. They're not connecting well because they aren't even getting to practice. So he's having to go out on the field and play with guys he hasn't had time to develop a rapport with in the passing game. OSU's injuries are going to kill them this season. Going on the road to a Kansas squad who's looking for their sixth win, all the uh, predictive metrics show this is Kansas's best opportunity to get that sixth win. If Jalen Daniels is back, even if he's not, Jason Bean has done enough. I'm taking Kansas plus one and a half. Chris? Yeah, I you know, I don't want to react too harshly to the loss last week because clearly it just it snowballed. It got away from them. And after, I mean, almost they give up. They they gave up. That team quit. And that showed on the, on the scoreboard. I don't know what to make of a team quitting. I don't know what that says about the locker room. I don't know what that says about Gundy's performance this year. I mean, obviously Gundy is the GOAT at Oklahoma State. And uh you know, I'm not saying hot or anything like that, but you know, he is entitled. You can criticize and you can, you know, evaluate what's going on. And, and, you know, he said they kind of took a light week because they were getting too banged up, banged up. And I understand that concern. And then they came out just flat and he said that was a mistake and he'll never do that again. But you got to wonder about this team. They're so banged up, you know, like you said, Sanders in, in, even though he's not practicing. So his timing's off. And even if, if that didn't matter. He's still playing banged up, right? Which tells you the state of the quarterback court, the, the Oklahoma State quarterback room. You know, for you can infer how how confident Gundy is in that by the fact he keeps putting Sanders out there. Oklahoma State's in trouble, and I, like I said, I don't want to react too negatively off of one performance, but at the same time, Kansas is getting Jalen Daniels back. He's practicing. We expect him to play. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. But Bean has shown himself to be more than capable, even if he doesn't. And Kansas, they see Oklahoma State is wounded. This, this is, a, like you said, they're fighting for bowl eligibility. They want to be bowl eligible more than anything, right? Like this team, that would that would pay off this entire season and everything they've been able to accomplish to be bowl eligible. And they're at home, and they have 
this an opponent coming in that is wounded. I'm going to say the Jayhawks. I think they get the win. Daniel? Well documented on here on this podcast. Gundy is good for a Gundy once or twice a year. And, man, did we get it last week. Absolute, <laughs> just, just absolutely, like, blown off the field so badly. <laughs> it's almost like, what even happened? You know, this you know, fire alarm was pulled in the hotel, you know, at 2 a.m. Or it's like, how are these guys having this bad of a game? But um, it's created a spot that I like that only pops up a handful of times a year, a conference visitor coming off being shut out. Doesn't it like, it sounds like it'd be something that happens a ton, but teams really don't get shut out that often. Like that's really, really hard to do in conference play to shut an opponent out. But um, three or four times a year, we get it um, all time. It hits about 60% against the spread. You've got about 200 games of a sample size, but it gets even better when a, a, a conference, oh, excuse me, when a conference road dog has coming off a shutout and then they're a favorite, it's it hits at like 74% against the spread. Um, my dad only goes back to 2006. So, you know, I, I don't know what happened in 1952, but there we go. I'm going with Oklahoma State. They are going to win. They're going to cover the spread. I love betting this spot. I'm going to have real money down on Oklahoma State after that unbelievably horrible game they had last week hey, at, at least i wasn't 49 nothing that would have been truly embarrassing <laughs> i will uh i will i will take the loss if it means osu gets the win uh same sorry i bleed orange at the end of the day i love the big 12 but you know uh okay we got two more future big 12 members we got to talk about houston on the road at smooth that's smu uh, Houston, currently a three-point dog on the road, over under at 66 and a half. Chris, it's your turn, sir. What would you like here? I don't know. I can't pick Houston. If I pick him, they lose. If, if I don't, they win. Uh, man, this is this is a really fun game, but it's tough to pick, especially at three. Favorite SMU. 66 and a half. That sounds probably about right. I don't like that. Okay. At three, I, I like SMU in this game in general. I think they, they win this between three and, you know, three points and a touchdown. So if they're on the low end of, of kind of how I would anticipate this game going, I think I'm going to take uh, SMU to cover and then Houston's guaranteed to win this game. Okay. Daniel. Houston, uh, they were able to move the ball last week against South Florida. Uh, they let South Florida hang around and score. If you watch, it was a little, I'm not going to call it a bad beat. It was a little bit of a dirty beat. I mean, that was a, a, a backdoor by South Florida to cover that game. You know, I'll take it having had them. But Houston just showed again that, like, God, they just they just can't get the job done on D. They let teams hang around. They let them keep scoring. I look at this game, and my knee-jerk reaction is Houston sucks. I hate Dana. Dana listens to this podcast. He he calls me and leaves crazy messages on my phone after every single one of these podcasts. So it's like, I look at, I think there is no way Houston is going to hang with SMU. So because I think that on a knee-jerk reaction, I know that I'm wrong, and Houston is going to, for some reason, win this game. I want to take SMU minus three, because I just think Houston has no heart this year. 
So that tells me Houston is going to win this game and they're going to look good doing it. And I'll have no idea why. So give me Houston plus three. Damn it. I love that Daniel and I are in perfect agreement, except for our picks are completely opposite. I just know how it is. It's like every, like, so look, this game is not on my radar. Okay. That, that means that, you know, I, I haven't spent an hour or two working on it, breaking it down. There's some games that when a capper goes down, and, you know, we're throwing 50 or 60 games a week. There's stuff that pops out right away. There's situations that pop out right away that we want to cap and we want to work on. Um, these are two volatile teams. One team that doesn't play defense very well, a coach I don't trust. I don't want to invest a lot of real money into situations like that. So the, now, you know, we get on the pod here. We pick these games. So a lot of this just comes down to sort of my eye test and opinion of watching these guys every single week. I think Houston's going to get blown out. That tells me I'm wrong. Houston's going to win this thing. Okay, so here's just a note. Uh, former four-star commit, SMU quarterback freshman Preston Stone broke his collarbone against Tulsa. It is likely out for the remainder of the season. That according to a report for the Dallas Morning News. Uh, true freshman Kevin Jennings finished the game at quarterback for SMU with Tanner Mordecai still in concussion protocol. Not sure about Tanner Mordecai and if he will be back for this game as we are talking and I am trying to delay I am trying to find out if he's going to be playing this week so that I can make an <laughs> app decision because I was ready to take Houston and then then you did Daniel. come along come along and catch well, no, me because I know what hap- I know what happens when it's two on one yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not good it's not good so so either I have to agree with one of you which means the other one's going to get the win and that's not fun for me because you guys didn't uh, didn't agree. Uh, I can't see anything. Uh, I I would. I'd imagine he plays. I would assume he's back because typically ten days yeah. he should be ready to go. Uh, because the concussion came two weeks ago against Cincinnati, and he should be back. So if he's back for SMU, man, at SMU. Houston's last game against them in AAC play. I don't love SMU, but they've been competitive in games. They look good to start the season. They've been kind of rough in conference play. Like, took a lot to beat Navy, get crushed by UCF, played a game where Cincinnati let them hang around too long, beat Tulsa on their third string quarterback. Now they're home against Houston. I want to take SMU. Well, Chris, congratulations. You enjoy your win this week here in this one. I'll take Houston plus three. I, <laughs> I shouldn't. Um, it feels like a spot to not like I'm with you on the like, but Houston, but every time we're like out on Houston is exactly when they have a good game. Yeah. And it's enough. It's a low enough score. Like they covered minus three versus Navy. They, they covered the plus three versus Memphis, and we want to do it. Now, they didn't against Tulane, but Tulane's really good, as we have found. I mean, the so over-under's I, out there, but I'll, I'll take the win. I know it's out there, but I don't... I don't... Uh, it's a little high. Like, they'll probably hit the over, but it's a little high for me. All right, I'll just take Houston. Let's move on. Uh, BYU. The Cougars. The other Cougars that will be joining the Big 12. Seven and a half point dogs on the road at Boise State this week, over under at 54 and a half. Uh, let's see. Anything, anything, uh, Daniel, you're up first, sir. What would you like? 
Uh, I might be investing in this game light, light in the pocketbooks and real money. Uh, look, I don't know why BYU has been struggling on offense. They just aren't able to get it done. Something's going on that we're not privy to. It, it's kind of weird that it's like they got a little healthy and they got worse. Um, so uh, there is going to be rain in this forecast. I, I know you guys just say it's a light breeze when it's sort of 10 to 15 mile an hour winds, but uh, uh, there's going to be some, you know, winds getting into 12, 15 miles an hour. Boise State as well. Like, they're not some scoring team, you know, that they, they, there's a little bit of control of the clock. There's a little bit of pace going on here. This has under written like all over it here. It's, you know, 34, 20, excuse me, like a, like a 28, 26 type situation, 28, 24. This game's going to sneak under. So give it to me 54 and a half. I mean, this line's already been, I think it opened at like 59. That was pretty quick. I mean, that was like instant. It, it got bet down like immediately down to sort of 56, 56 and a half. And uh, it's still getting chopped down a little there. And I think this thing settles probably at like 52 as more people start betting the weather as it gets closer to game time. So, yeah, wind, rain, BYU team that can't score, Boise team that is controlling the pace a little bit. This game's going under. Yeah, BYU, something's wrong with, with Hall, quarterback. I there's speculation that he is injured and we just don't know it. They're not, they're not saying anything about it. Uh, defense has had some issues as well in past weeks. Like Liberty, they got blown up by Liberty and I didn't realize just Liberty was on the like third string quarterback in that game. Um, we all, East Carolina was the right side last week. Um, that game was a little bit spicy, but ECU pulled it off on the road at Boise. This is kind of a, a rivalry. These are two teams that played each other enough. They don't, love each other very much it's in Boise Boise has been playing much much better since they made changes at quarterback and an offensive coordinator um much much better now look I'm not going to overreact to a 20 point win over Fresno State Fresno's not very good 35 13 over San Diego State 49 10 over Colorado State Colorado State's bad like but they're 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 beating inferior or, or bad teams pretty well at this point, it's hard to call BYU a good team. They've lost four in a row. And, I mean, the, the 27-24 loss to East Carolina is, frankly, the most competitive they've been the last four weeks in a row. They, they did all right against Notre Dame. This, this season kind of feels a little bit lost for BYU, and they're running out of opportunities to get to six wins. They've only got three games left, and they need to win two of them to get to go bowling. They've got Boise State this week, then they're off, then they have FCS, Utah Tech, and they have a road game at Stanford. Um, I think Boise State's the right side here. My concern is the seven and a half. If it was seven, I might feel better. That hook makes me a little bit nervous. But, you know, the way Boise State has been playing, this game is at home. Boise gets up for BYU. That's one of the two losses in the regular season that BYU had last year was against Boise State. I'm going to take Boise to cover in this one and win cover seven and a half. I just... BYU's down bad, folks. I I think at this point they just want to get to that week off next week and, and try and lick their wounds and heal as much as they can and try and get two more at the end of the season to get bowling. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, the last couple of weeks have let me uh, get a couple games on you guys because you keep believing in BYU, and, and that was a mistake. BYU, there's something funky going on. I don't know, but 
I mean, on the road against the second ranked defense in the country is not a spot you want to try to get your mojo back. And it's just not going to happen. I don't like the half point, but I'll, I'll take Boise state to cover. All right. Last game in relation to the big 12. It's the biggest game of the weekend. It's Kansas state hosting Texas. The Longhorns, a two and a half point favorite on the road over under at 54 and a half. I got to go first here. I, I, I need, I'm not going to overreact to Kansas State to win over Oklahoma State. I'm not. But someone's got to help me understand Texas is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite here. I know they're coming off a week off. Uh, I understand that. Coming off a blown, big-blown lead against Oklahoma State two weeks ago, going on the road to a Kansas State team that's playing well, should have a packed crowd. Uh, Will Howard's playing really well. We don't know who it's going to start, if it's going to be Howard or if it's going to be... Uh, Adrian Martinez. We get our battle. We get the battle. This is the week. It's the battle between Bijan and Deuce. I cannot wait for this. Obviously, they don't actually face off as both play offense, but I cannot wait to watch the two of them go at it and see who ends up the more dominant back in this game. I Vegas knows something because Texas is a two and a half point favorite. And I don't understand it. And, and, and Help me out here, Daniel. How did, where, where did this line open as? Um, I believe it just op- opened as a pick'em. Uh, right. Yeah, it, it was a pick'em for about an hour. Uh, to just start getting people started betting Texas. I mean, for what it's worth, my line, if you just go raw numbers here, um, depending on how much you want to give to home field, my line is Texas minus two. So I sort of feel like this line is correct. This line is right. Um, you know, I Line is spot on this late in the season. It's going to be hard to find a lot of value unless you got some big numbers or key numbers. So something like this, when you're betting, it just comes down to what you think. I think there's no value in this line right now. I think I, the line's correct. I think the the 55-point transitive wind is throwing Phillip off. I just – I don't understand. I don't understand Texas as a favorite. I understand the numbers back up Texas. I think the problem with Texas has been all season that – they played a close game against Alabama, and because Alabama's been good, that has helped make all of their numbers look better than they actually are. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, stuff like that happens all the time. And that's that's when, you know, a guy who's modeling games or, or making power rankings, you got to, like, really go in and look at what you're putting value on, you know, and, and how much you're letting that value sort of resonate through the season. So I look at the total. The over is Six and ten for Texas and Kansas State combined this season. That is a low total, though, at only fifty-four and a half. Who? I think you know what? Forget it. I I think Kansas State's the right side here. I don't. I'm I'm fine being wrong. I don't understand Texas favored. It doesn't make sense to me on the road, coming off a week off or not. It's not like Kansas State had some like overtime tough as nails game against Oklahoma State last week. Like they had their backups in because the game was was over at half. Like the Kansas State had some slug out overtime game with Oklahoma State. I'd be like, all right, I I could no Kansas State plus two and a half. Chris, yeah, this is interesting. I mean, is Martinez gonna play? I don't know. The knee thing has been bugging him. He's missed. Will Howard stepped in. Oklahoma State made him look like a Heisman candidate. But at the end of the day, 
Will Howard is still Will Howard, and his struggles are known. Texas is a much better defense than Oklahoma State um, has. Is there going to be a letdown? I don't know. That was a big win. They Kansas State could be a little bit full of themselves. Uh, you you look at this. You look at their last games. You, you don't even know how how did Texas lose to Oklahoma State after what we saw last week. That none of this makes sense. If I really liked Texas, uh, I I like Kansas State at home. If this was anywhere else, I'd be on Texas all day, and I think that tells me what I need to know. I should just take Texas, and if I lose this pick, you know, I'm not all that upset about it. I'm going to take Texas to cover. All right, Daniel? What really surprised me about how this game has been bet during this week is that the betting public's all over Texas. Like, you would think that, you know, you well, you would think that, like, you know, everyone just watched K-State do what they did. Texas was idle. I think people would be jumping on K-State to bet them, but I'm, I'm going to side with K-State here. Look, I, I absolutely like a, a good, a good defensive team that could run the ball. Who's a home dog. Like I, I'm just sort of speaking anecdotally here. Like I, I don't have an exact number on, on that metric in front of me, but like, I love that spot. I love backing that spot. Give it to me all day long. And then we got a situation where you have, uh, um, you know, I, I don't want to use the word blue blood team, but you know, uh, a big sort of national name like Texas, everyone's betting Texas. It's like, is K-State just a better team here? Are they going to eke out this win and play defense and run the ball? And it's kind of like, oh crap, Texas showed up and just got beat up. So I have a feeling a little bit of that it's going to happen. So give me Kansas State two and a half. It's a huge game. If Texas pulls off this win, the who's going to face TCU in the Big 12 title game question gets real interesting. Yeah. Where, where did you real go interesting. with your pick? I With Daniel. So congrats nice. to Kira on All your right. win this week. <laughs> All right. Non-Big 12 picks, boys. Non-Big 12 picks. Last ones of the night. Uh, I think, Chris? What are yeah, you, I'll, I'll make this easy. First. I'm just going to keep riding the Boston College losing train. So this week I'm, <laughs> I'm going Duke. Duke, hey, they're performing well against the spread. Boston College obviously is not. It's under that 10-point threshold I like. I think I can get 9.5, so I'll take Duke. Uh, I see a few. Daniel, can you confirm? Pulling up Duke right now. Eh, we'll give him a 9.5. Yeah, I see, I, see th- I see a few of them out there. So I just yeah, yeah. Check. Mostly 10s, but okay. Daniel, what do you want? Before we hit... Before we hit record tonight, I was talking about that I love that Oregon State-Washington. I bet it at 61 or something. It's now down to 54 and a half. I can't give it out. I still like it. It's supposed to be insane weather, slower-paced teams. but So there you go. A, a little free pick. I'm going to go with Virginia. Virginia's plus seven and a half right now. Uh, the line has come down a little bit. I got real money on it right when it opened. North Carolina's on the road here. So many historical spots support Virginia. What I love is that everyone keeps betting North Carolina uh, and talks of like, why is this line getting down to seven? People are talking North Carolina blowout and the line just keeps coming down. Like, hmm, what's happening? Someone way smarter than me is really moving this line and getting some real money down and books are saying, oh crap, we got to get this line short. So I love that people keep jumping on 
the Tar Heels there, and that line just keeps dropping. So Virginia, seven and a half, give it to me. All right, Virginia plus seven and a half. All right, I have two options here. When I say I have real money, I mean like two or three bucks. Like real money, baby. I mean that's real. It's real money. I'm yeah. also, I'm running out of I'm running out of funds, so he, I need he means to technically hit. real money. It is real doll hairs, okay? Real doll hairs. Um, so I'm very torn on two of them. I'm I'm gonna tell you both. First one, and I have three doll hairs on this one, is uh, Tulane minus seven and a half versus Tulsa. Like uh, Tulane is good, and their defense is good. And Tulsa is going to be on their backup quarterback. They're beat up. The defense not so good. Like I, I think Tulane wins this, and I think they win it handily. And I'm tempted in that one. And then I remembered the rule. Then I saw it. It was available this week. So I'm going to ride this one both for real. I have two dollars on this one, and uh, and here on the show, uh, I'm taking under forty and a half in Army versus Air Force. That's right, folks. You you don't know the rule. Uh, I don't remember the stat. Tom Fornelli, it's his stat. He talks about it on Cover Three all the time. And so I try and keep an eye on it. When academy schools face off, the under is the way the percentage is insane. So oh, yeah, I don't no, care I how low it is. I can pull it up for you. Yes, I, please I, do. I, well, I always run that just to remind me when they're playing, so it pops up every time. I've got Rutgers in there as well, just because they're stupid good. But uh, let me pull them out and give you the real number. Okay, just academy team. Since 2006, the under is 42, 9, and 1. <laughs> so there you go. When 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 Army, Navy, or Air Force in, in that combination play each other, forty-two, nine, and one to the under. There you go. So in this, I will be taking the under forty and a half in Army Air Force. If I lose this one, I just know that I'm cursed this year uh, when it comes to non-victorial <laughs> picks. That's just that's just what it's going to be. So uh, that wraps us up. You guys have been awesome. Thank you so much. As always, always a good time. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ten twelve network t e n the number twelve. The word network. Go to 1012network.com. You'll find every show in the network. Reminder, we now have a host for our basketball podcast, Robbie Triano from Big 12 Radio, producer from Big 12 Radio. Awesome job. His first episode is up. You need to go check it out. It's it's so good. He is we lucked into getting him. So if you're a Big 12 basketball fan, season's here. Folks, go check it out. Listen, he's got a men's episode up. Uh, now he'll have an episode previewing the women's side up this week as well. It should, that should be on Thursday. Release Midwest Madness Podcast. Available everywhere podcast your can be found. Check out every show on the network. He is Daniel Alexander. You can find him on Twitter at DannerB7. That Slack chat for betting is available. And folks, Daniel makes his money in college basketball. So if you want to talk betting, this is the time of year to start getting into it. We'll, we'll Try and get some Daniel to talk about some of that more this season. Every year I say we're going to do it, and every year I get busy and forget. Uh, he, the other guy, is Chris Ross. That's Chris Ross Sports on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Sometimes he tweets. Sometimes he doesn't. But he will talk to you about disc golf if you would like to have that conversation. He's deep in the weeds in that one. I am Philip Slavin. They are my guests. Love them every week. We'll be back on Monday uh, to recap the weekend that was and to look ahead to the weekend that will be. Podcast Network.